0: Hallelujah. hallelujah all right y'all wants us to study the book of joshua from the individual perspective of joshua being the son of noon that is the sun resprouted born again a man in whom the ruach hapodesh resides collectively we're speaking of those who have Went through their wilderness experience and have endured its tests and trials by holding on to Elohim. They have been born, they have born the whoredom of their parents and forefathers, yet they have their old man, that is their flesh man, and his lust broken down, humbled, and deadened. As a result, they are no longer fleshly or worldly, but are now reborn spiritually via the water of the word and of the Ruach Kakadesh. Within the book of Joshua, we can expect to learn the plan of Elohim, the, of the body of Yahushua i.e. his Ecclesia and those born-again believers that make up spiritual Israel. We'll learn how to enter into the kingdom of Elohim, what to expect once in, as well as how to proceed once in. Another perspective we'll be exploring is that of the land and the inhabitants of the land. How the land of Canaan speaks to the kingdom of Elohim with remnants. And how its inhabitants relate to the remnants of the fallen angels, demons, devils. And other unclean spirits which currently inhabit the land inherited by the born again believer. You know, so that said, we're in the book of Joshua and we left off uh, finishing up chapter 8. So we're going to pick it up today with chapter 9. Hallelujah. Chapter 9. Interesting chapter, you know, actually. Interesting chapter. Let me have my first reader read Joshua chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, please. And it came to pass when all the kings which were on this side of Jordan in the hills and in the valleys and in the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite and the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard thereof that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Yisrael with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and Ai, they did work wily, and went and made as if they had been ambassadors, and took old sacks upon their donkeys, and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouded upon their feet, and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. Hallelujah. Okay, so uh, here it is. We are in the land. We are going into uh, getting ready to go into battle. The kings that was on the west side of the Jordan, in the hills and valleys and all the coast, you know, against Lebanon. Lebanon means the white mountain. And so uh, then we have we have the Amorite, which speaks to the mountaineer. Uh, as well as the babbler, you know, them that be saying everything, you know, he say, she say, they say, you know, uh, the Perizzites, the open country dweller, um, the uh, rustic folks, those who are really out there in the world spaces, uh, the Hittites, you know, terrorizers, the Canaanites, the merchants, the Hivites, the villagers, you know, and so here it is. They're gathering themselves against Israel. You know, verse 2 tells us they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. So they're teaming up on them, right? You know, but then we're told in verse 3, it says, And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that jo- what Joshua had done unto Jericho and Ai, that they did work willingly, you know, just meaning, you know, uh, with trickery, deceitfully. You know and so they de- they they devised this plot you know to trick them into into covenanting with them now the question is why were they so afraid when no one else over there wasn't when no one else was you know so like here it is you have everybody else joining together that you had the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, even the other Hivites and the Jebusites, you know, so all the peoples of the land, now they, they were Hivites themselves. Now, all the people of the, other people of the land, they're teaming up and like, okay, come on, we're about to fight these intruders, but these Hivites, they didn't, they, they were afraid. Why were they so afraid? To say lie. So... But they were, and they devised this, this plan, this plot, you know, to trick Israel, if you would. Now, I say they took provisions that was dry and moldy. I just thought the um, word dry here was, was um, you know, uncanny, like it's, it's, you wouldn't expect this particular word to, to be here, you know, it's Yavashah or Yavashay, and it means to be ashamed, confused, or disappointed. It also means to dry up or wither, but, you know, this... Every time I see this word, I think of repentance. You know, you know, and I just thought it was interesting that it, it was used to describe the provision, you know, of the Gibeonites. Now, verses 6 and 7 goes on to they went to Joshua unto the camp at Gilgal, and said unto him, To the men of Israel, We've, we become from a fire country. Now therefore make a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the high vices, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? Well, why would they be saying this? Even because they had specific instructions that Yah had given them, you know, and so they didn't want to go against Yah's will in making a league with the high vices, you know, and so they was going off these instructions. Um, out in Deuteronomy 7. Let me have my next reader read Deuteronomy 7,
1: 1 through 4, please. When Yahuwah, thy Elohim, shall bring thee into the land, whether thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when Yahuwah thy Elohim shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shew mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughters thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughters shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away Thy son from following me that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of Yahuwah be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Hallelujah. Okay, so
0: here it is. You know, they was given specific instructions not to enter into league with them. You know, and so this is why they were saying, Peripenture, ye dwell among us. How shall we make a league with you? Like, it's against our rules. We can't do that. You know. And so this is where we get that from, you know, but they continue on. They, you know, they didn't give in that easy. Verses 8 through 11 says, and they said unto Joshua, we are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, who are ye? And from whence come ye? And they said unto him, from a very far country, thy servants are come because of the name of Yahuwah, thy Elohim. For we have heard of the fame of him and all that he did in Misraim and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and to all king of Bashan, which was at Ashtoreth. Wherefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants. Therefore, now, make a leap with us. You know, now... Deuteronomy 7 goes on, you know, to tell Israel how they were to deal with in the inhabitants of the land. Let me have my next read read Deuteronomy 7, 5 and 6, please. But thus, sh- but thus shall
2: ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art a holy people unto Yahuwah thy Elohim. Yahuwah thy Elohim hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above all, people that are upon the face of the earth.
0: Hallelujah. You know, so they had specific instructions on how to deal with the peoples of the land, even because they are to be a holy people unto Yahuwah. Hallelujah. They're chosen to be a special people unto him above all the people that are on the face of the earth. So, you know, you know, yeah, the Israelite has an advantage over everyone else. Verses 12 through 16 continues on. You know, they're not done, you know, pushing the issue. It says, This is our bread we took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it's dry and it's moldy. And these bottles of wine which were filled were new. Behold, they be rent. These are garments and shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. And the men took up their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them and let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. And it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them that they heard That they were their neighbors and that they dwelt among them. They wasn't they they didn't see that one coming, did they? They wasn't expecting that, did they? The enemy, please understand, please believe the enemy is cunning. You know, he's very cunning. You know, and so you always have to keep that in mind. You know, he's, he's he's very cunning, he's very wise, you know. Numbers 27, 20 through 22. Um, my next reader, please.
1: And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall ask for counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before Yahweh. At his word shall they go out, and at his word they shall come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. As Moshe did it, and Moshe did as Yahuwah commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation.
0: And this is what they were supposed to do at that time. You know, so we're told that they did not. Ask counsel at the mouth of Yahuwah. And so that would be a mistake, you know. So if we don't learn anything else, we need to learn that before we do anything, those of us who are fathered from above, i.e. born again, those of us who are in the kingdom, you know, we have to be careful about how we move. We have to be careful about how we act because we're special people. We're, the spe- we're a special people. We're a holy people unto Yahuwah. We can't move like everyone else. We can't do what the other peoples of the land can do. You understand? We have we have to be set apart. We have to be different. Because we're holy unto Yahuwah. And he's different. He says, be holy as I am holy. Amen? So, if we're doing everything everybody else is doing, then we're not going to be that holy. Say So before you 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 do something, make certain you ask Yah. This is what this teaches us. You know verses um, 17 through 21. My next reader, please, of Joshua 9. And the children
2: of Israel journeyed and came unto their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and Kephirah and Beeroth and Kirjath Yairim, and the children of Israel, smote them not because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by Yahweh Elohim of Israel. And all the congregation murmured against the princes. But all the princes said unto the congregation, we have sworn unto them by Yahuwah Elohim of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we will do to them, we will even let them live his wrath, be upon us because of the oath which we swear unto them. And the princes said unto them, Let them live, but let them be hewers of wood and drawers of water unto all the congregation, as the princes had promised them.
0: Okay, so here it is. We see that they, they go to their city. When did they go to their city? Three days later. Three days later. Hallelujah. So... Um, now, they go to their cities. Gibeon speaks to that, which is hilly. Baroth Wells, Kafira, uh, Young lion, his or, or Covert. And then we have Yari, Keraf, Gerayim. You know, city of forest. And so, they go there, you know, and who want to get at them? There's a group that wants, that, that wants them dead. Can you see that? Can't see that, huh? Verse 18 tells us, The children of Israel smoked them not because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by Yahweh Elohim of Israel. The children of Israel, they wanted them dead. Why did they want them dead? Because that's what Yah told them to do to them. So they were upset with the princes. You know, and so you see the princess interceding, saying, you know, we already swore to him, you know, by Yahuwah Elohim. You know, now you can't touch him. If you touch him, you're going to bring a wrath, his wrath on us. So we have to let him live. Can you see that? You know, it says, but let them be hewers of wood and drawers of water unto all the congregations. And so it continues in verses 22 through 27. It says, And Joshua called for them, and he spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have ye beguiled us, saying, We are very far from you when ye dwell among us. Lying to us. Liar. Now therefore ye are cursed, and there shall none of you be freed from being bondmen and hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my Elohim. And they answered Joshua and said, Because it was certainly told thy servants how that Yahuwah, thy like Elohim, commanded his servant Moshe to give you all the land and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we we were sore afraid of our lives because of you and have done this thing. Can you see that they had faith? Can you see that they had faith in Yah? Because we were already told that these were seven nations or six to seven nations that were mightier than Israel. Amen? So if they know if if everybody else know that they're mightier than them, then they they should know that they were mightier than them as well, right? But they didn't care nothing about them being mightier than, than them. They knew that Yahuwah Elohim was with them. They weren't worried about the people. They were worried about Yah. Can you see that? That's why they were afraid. Because they said, Because it was certainly told thy servants how Yahuwah thy Elohim commanded. Therefore, we were so afraid of our lives because of you. Don't you know your enemies are afraid of Yah too? Cause we fight not against flesh and blood, ultimately, right? We fight not against flesh and blood. Your enemies also are afraid of Yahushua. Remember that. He goes on in verse 25 and says, "And now, behold, we are in thine hand; as it seemeth good and right unto thee to do unto us, do." Verse 26, and so did he unto them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel. Again, the children of Israel wanted to slay them. But it says, so he did unto them, speaking of Joshua, he delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel that they slew them not. And Joshua made them that day hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of Yahuwah even unto this day in the place of Which he should choose. Amen. So the question of the day is. Why did Elohim allow that to happen? Why did Elohim allow. I know they didn't ask him. But y'all could have just as easily. Put words in one of his prophets mouths. You know to tell them no that they were, that they're lying to you, that they're not from around you. Because y'all know they didn't do it intentionally. But the question is, why did Elohim allow that to happen? You know, so when I was going through this lesson, I was pondering that actually. And I was wondering, why would he let it happen when when he already told them, you know, in Deuteronomy seven one through four, he says, and when Yahweh thy Elohim shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the, the um, Gergeshites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou, and when Yahweh thy Elohim shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Daughter shall not give unto thy son, nor that his daughter shall thou take unto thy son, for they will turn away thy sons from following me, that they may serve other gods, so will the anger of Yahoo be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. And if he know that, that this would happen, that they would that they if they married with him, if they stayed amongst them, if they made a covenant with him, that they would turn their sons from following him, why would he allow that to happen? And he know they were being deceived. You know, he also says in Numbers 33, 55, and 56, But if ye would not drive off the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I should do unto you as I thought to do unto them. So again, why did y'all allow this incident with the Gibeonites to happen? Even knowing that they were going to be pricks in their eyes and thorns in their sides. There's a good reason why, actually. And it's found in Romans 12, 19. It says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of Elohim. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says Yahuwah. Yes. This is why he allowed it. Yeah, y'all look like Pastor over diet. You on that? You tripping. But I'm not. <laughs> this was Yah's vengeance. This was his justice being played out. See, Yahuwah is an L of retribution. And this was retribution. I know you're thinking, all right, retribution for what? All right, slow up. I got to build it up first. You know, all right. It's found in Genesis 34. It says, and when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, Saw her, he took her and lay with her and devoured her. Speaking of Dinah. Y'all remember this story? It continues on. Um, in verses eight through fifteen it says, And Hamor continue with them, saying, The soul of my son, Shechem longer for your daughter. I pray you he give her him to wife. And make ye marriages with us, and give us your daughters unto us, and take our daughters unto you, and ye shall dwell with us. And the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade ye therein, and get you possessions therein. And Shechem said unto her father and unto her brethren, and Shechem said unto her father and unto her brethren, Let let me find grace in your eyes. And what ye shall say unto me, I will give. Ask me never so much dowry and gift. I will give according as ye shall say unto me. But give me the damsel to wife. And the sons of Yaakov answered Shechem and Hamor his father deceitfully. And said because he had defiled Dinah their sister. Two wrongs don't make a right. Just because they was wrong didn't give the sons of Yaakov reason to do wrong themselves two wrongs don't make a right and said, um, and they said unto him we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised for that were a reproach unto us but in this will we consent unto you if ye will be as uh, if ye will be as we be that every male of you be circumcised and so here it is you know, remember this story. Yep. It was with some Hivites, a village of Hivites, and so here it is. He's propositioning Yaakov and his sons, and so they tell him, you know, if you be circumcised as us, if you if you will be as we be, that is, every male you be circumcised, and then you know we'll. We'll make marriages with you. We'll give your daughters unto us. You know, we'll dwell in the land. We'll be as one people. Now, why circumcised? Now, consider Genesis 17, 10 and eleven that teaches about the circumcised man. It says, "This is my covenant," Yah says, "which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed. After thee, every man child among you shall be circumcised." So. They were speaking the truth as far as the circumcision and what was necessary in order for Hamor's son Shechem to take their uh, sister, you know, to wife. You know, so they didn't lie about that. And verse 11 goes on to say, Genesis 17, 11 says, And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. So once those men were circumcised, They were a part of the covenanted people of Elohim. And they bore the sign of that covenant. And it was done so on the promise of his covenanted people. They didn't know they were lying. So, you know, but what happened next? Verses 24 through 29 says, And Hamor And unto Hamor and unto Shechem his son hearken all that went out of the gate of the city and every male was circumcised. All that went out of the gate of the city and it came to pass on the third day. Now y'all remember when they got deceived when they found out they was deceived it was on the third day, right? You know. Verse 25 And it came to pass on the third day Now you know why it was the third day. When they were sore that Two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the men. And they slew Hamor and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep and their oxen, their behinds and that which was in the city and that which was in the field and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took their captives, spoiled even all that was in the house. Only two only one man really done the dastardly deed, you know, and they killed a whole village of people.
2: There's
0: there's no Way you can make a right out of that wrong. What they did were, was wrong. And. You have to remember. Yah he's not like us. He don't forget. Now can you see why the Hivites in particular. Were so afraid of Israel. Yeah. They had history. They had history with Israel. They had history with Yah's people. They knew two men took out a whole village. Amen? Amen. They had history. They had a reason to be afraid. Now, what does this teach us concerning how Yah deals with Israel? If Israel is the son of Elohim and he's likened unto you know, us being sons and daughters of Elohim, then it teaches us that even what we did in our youth have to be recompensed. See, Yah is an L of retribution. And so if you mess up, you have to make it right. Otherwise, Yah all going to make it right for you. Hello, somebody. You have to understand that don't nobody get away with anything with Yah. And if you're going to be one of His, you most certainly can't go around doing wicked, um, practicing wickedness, and think that you can get away with it. You cannot. Now, I want you to think about this because this happened to the sons of Yaakov. Before they went into Mizraim. But what happens with Gibeon. That we're reading about in Joshua. Is is not only after they come out of Mizraim. But after they went through their wilderness experience. And come into the promised land. We're talking half a century or more later. We're talking a very long time afterwards. So what does that teach us? What does that teach us concerning how Yah deals with his people? It teaches that even if we've done something in our youth, as a son or daughter of Elohim, it has to be recompensed. It also goes to show us that just because Yah doesn't recompense it on the spot doesn't mean that he won't revisit it later can you see that because this was much later and this is not the only example of this of him doing things in this manner can you see that this is the reason that y'all allowed to give me a to become saved And use that wording by happenstance Can you see This is the reason why Yah allowed the uh, Gibeonites to become saved See this was a picture Of the Gentiles being saved It was just another picture of the Gentiles Coming into the fold of Israel And being saved It was a picture of the Gentiles Being grafted in if you would Can you see that? Yeah. Joshua 9 22 through 27 Again it said in verse 23 It says Joshua called Well in 22 it says Joshua called for them And he spake unto them speaking to the Gibeonites asking them why he beguiled And then in verse 23 he says Now therefore ye are cursed And there shall none of you Be free from being bondmen. Ewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my Elohim. And verse 6 tells us that he saved them. So he did unto them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel. They were about to kill them. He saved them. Can you see they got saved? Because they were commanded to kill everybody in the land. But now they couldn't kill the Gibeonites got saved and it says Joshua made them that day hewers of wood drawers of water for the congregation for the altar of Yahweh even unto this day now the question is whose job was it before the Gibeonites received this curse whose job was this that they're doing before the Gibeonites received this quote unquote curse no, nah, it wasn't the children of Israel. It was the Levites, absolutely. It was the Levites, not the priests. The Levites that wasn't the priests. It's found in Numbers 18, 1 through 6. It says, And Yahuwah said unto Aaron, Thou and thy sons in thy father's house with thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary. And thou and thy sons with thee shall bear the iniquity of your priesthood. In verse 2, that's what we came here for. And thy brethren... Also of the tribe of Levi, the tribe of thy father, bring thou with me, that they may be joined unto thee and minister unto thee. But thou and thy sons with thee shall minister before the tabernacle of witness, and they shall keep charge in the charge of all the tabernacle. Only they shall not come out as vessels of the sanctuary and the altar, that neither they nor ye also die. And they shall be joined unto thee and keep the charge of the tabernacle of the congregation for all the service of the tabernacle. And so getting the water and hewing the wood, you know, and servicing um, the priest, that was all the job of the Levite. And it says, and a stranger shall not come nigh unto you. But here it is. You have some strangers that was just given the authority to come nigh unto them. Can you see that? And it says, and ye shall keep the charge of the sanctuary and the charge of the altar that there be no wrath anymore upon the children of Israel. And I, behold, I have taken your brethren the Levites from among the children of Israel to you. They are given as a gift. For Yahuwah to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Can't you see that the Gideonites received the job of the Levites? Can you see that? I pray you can see that. They were quote unquote cursed with the job of the Levites. I think that was a blessing rather than a curse. Was it a curse or was it a blessing? I would be honored to get the water for the temple of Elohim. I would be honored to hew the wood for the altar of Elohim. I would be honored to serve the priest of the most high Elohim. called it a curse but it looked like a blessing to me I would be honored to be saved these folks got saved and they got a very special job and even got it forever I don't know that sounds pretty awesome to me so is it a curse or a blessing Let's also consider 2 Samuel 21, 1 through 3. This is another story. It says, then there was a famine in the days of David. Three years. So three-year famine, year after year. And David inquired of Yahuwah. And Yahuwah answered, it is for Saul and for his bloody house because he slew the Gibeonites. How come anytime time they do something to these people, y'all got their back? Can you see that? Verse 2. And the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of, of the Amorites. Some of them was Amorites, some of them was Hivites. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them, and Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. All this time, Children of Israel still want to kill him. And so Saul, you know, in trying to please the people, he sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Wherefore David said unto the Gideonites, what shall I do for you? And where shall I make the atonement that ye may bless the inheritance of Yahuwah? Let's stop there for a minute. Because it's something to be learned here. First of all, we learn that when you're a son or daughter of Elohim and you do wrong, Yah is an L of retribution. You know, He's an L of retribution. You have to make your wrong right. And so a famine came on Israel for three years because. They refuse to make their wrong right. When you know you are wrong. You have to make it right. And so you can have a curse. Upon you. Because you refuse to make your wrongs right. Now here it is. They had sinned against other Israelites. Israelites. Yes, they were strangers that became Israelites. They were Gentiles that became Israelites. But once they became Israelites, guess what? They, they were Israelites. Same Torah. For the strangers as well as the homeborn. Amen? Mm-hmm. Verse two, 2. Samuel 21. Two, and the king called to Gideonites and said unto them... Oh, I said that already. You know, but also... Um, pay attention. It says... What shall I do for you? Werewolf shall I make atonement? How can I make it right? That ye may bless the inheritance of Yahuwah. Can't you see that they needed their blessing? Can you see that? That teaches us that as sons and daughters of Elohim, when we wrong someone, we need to make it right and we need their approval. Now... Sometimes you can't get it. And you do all that you can to get it and then you put it in Yah's hands. And so this is what David was doing. He's asking, well, what, can, what can I do? And so they answered him in verse 6. It says, let seven men of, the son, of his sons be delivered unto us. And we will hang them up unto Yahuwah and Gibeah of Saul whom Yahuwah did choose. And the king said, I will give them. You know, they wanted the guy who they wanted retribution from the family, from the guy family who did harm to them, who killed their people. Verses 13 and 14 the second Samuel 21. And he brought up from thence the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, and they gathered the bones of them that were hanged, and the bones of Saul and Yo was um, his son was buried. They in the um, some buried they in the country of Binyamin and Zelai in the sepulchre of Kish his father, and they performed all that the king commanded, and after that Elohim was entreated for the land. Why was it important? Why was this important and what does it teach us? Why why was this important? Why Elohim wasn't entreated after they hung those those uh, seven seven men? Why wasn't he entreated then? You know, why was it connected to Saul and Jonathan's um, burial, them being buried in their land? It's because of the covenant that Jonathan and King David had. They had a covenant that, that uh, carried on even after death. And he owed it to Jonathan to honor him in that manner. To bury him amongst his fathers. You know, and you know, Saul was the anointed of Elohim and the king of Israel. And so, even in that, you know, he he deserved to be buried, you know, properly. And so. This was attached even to it, you know, and it wasn't until they did this that after that Elohim was entreated for the land. You know, so Yah teaches us that we have to, we have to right all our wrongs and we have to make retribution. Matthew, Matthew, Yahu 5, 23 and 24 says, therefore, thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother have aught against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Is this not saying the same thing? This is saying the exact same thing? You know, so, you know, Yahshua's commandment is right on point with how Yah worked in Israel. Also consider 1 Chronicles 21-29 says for the tabernacle of Yahuwah which Moshe made in the wilderness and the altar of the burnt offering were at that season in the high place at Gibeon. Did Did you catch that? The tabernacle of Yahuwah Elohim was at the high place at Gibeon. Wow. Where they brought the water in the wood for. I would say that's an honor. First Kings 3, 3 through 5, and Solomon loved Yahuwah walking in the statues of David his father only sacrificed and burnt incense in high places, and the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place, a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. In Gibeon, Yahuwah appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And Elohim said, ask what I shall give thee. Solomon received his great wisdom in Gibeon. Can you see that? He offered his sacrifices in Gibeon. First Chronicles 12, 4. And Ishmael, the Gibeonite, a mighty man among the 30 and over the 30. And Yirmiyahu, or Yahuwah. Jeremiah and Yaziel and Yochanan and Yosabah and the Gadetta of, of type. There was Gibeonites that served in David's army. You know, and was one of the mighty men. One of the leaders of the mighty men. Nehemiah 3.7 And next unto them repaired Malatiah the Gibeonite and Yadon the uh, Maranothite the men of Gibeon and of Mitzpah unto the throne of the governor on this side of the river in Nehemiah 7.25 the children of Gibeon 19 and five. what does this tell us? that even when they came out of um, exile yes. when they came back into the land the Gibeonites was with them they were truly part of Israel. They went into captivity with them. They came back out with them. You know. So again. I say curse or blessing. You know. They had the tabernacle of Elohim. Dwell with them. They hewed the wood. Which represents. You know righteous trees. They brought the water. Which represents God's truth. You know, and they served it to Yah's priests and to Yah's altar uh, for Yah's altar. They were saved from death. I say they were blessed. You know, I think it was a beautiful, beautiful picture of how Yah works in our lives and I think it's a very essential lesson to be learned. You know, so, you know, if your brother or sister have all against you, make it right. Because it can cause you to become cursed. You know, you want to make all your wrongs right. Don't make y'all put your life on a stand, um bring your life to a standstill because you don't want cuz your pride don't want to allow for you to make it right. So I'll have for your day prayers and blessings.
1: Hallelujah.